0: 2 Kings 9, 29-37, so um, i got to find it myself here. So Okay, starting in verse 29, I want to talk about men under attack. Men under attack, and, um, and just what the enemy is doing in, in our last day uh, to all men. He is attacking the family. He is attacking the women. But specifically, he is attacking the men, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Because if he can get to the man, if he can overtake the man in our families, then he most definitely is going to be able to easily attack the women and attack the children. So I want to talk about the attack on the man. And You know, I, I didn't um, specifically sit down and write out a bunch of stuff about this sermon because I've lived this sermon for probably six, seven years now. It, it probably longer than that. But uh, I want to talk to you openly and honestly about how Satan is attacking uh, men in our society. But start with verse 29. It says this, it says, And in the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab began Ahazai to reign over Judah. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. And look what she did. She painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, uh, She said, Had Zimri peace who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said, throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses. And he trod on her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore, they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. In other words, Jezebel was no more. This could be a happy, friendly Father's Day message, but I feel it's important and I feel it's timely to talk about this. We know that there's, obviously, I've said it before, an attack on the family. If, if Satan can destroy the family structure, then he can allow so much in our society to, um, to tear our society apart, and I believe that's what he's been doing. If we turn on the news, if we look at any instances of, of our society around us, we see destruction, in all the families that are close to us just in the last week or so we've had multiple deaths from people that we know uh the other day bruce merchant died in a in in an accident and most likely he um, had some substance abuse going on we've had two or three other deaths that we've heard about that are local to us and and we can pass that over and say that's unfortunate but we know spiritually that satan is up to something satan is doing something and he's attacking people he's attacking men He's attacking all people, but he specifically wants to start with the men, like I said. But we look on the TV, we turn the TV on, and we see this looting going on, we see rioters going on, uh, riot, riot, rioting happening. And we look at that and we say, What is going on in the world? Why are things happening like they're happening? What, what, what's the problem? Is it liberalism? Is it just uh, this other party, political party, that's the problem? And you ask yourself, What's going on? What's the solution? And I believe the solution isn't so much that people are are liberal in their thinking, but I believe that the problem lies with the fact that there are no fathers in the families anymore. And so when you look at the rioters and you look at all the looting and you look at all these really young kids running around uh, causing so many problems, the question that comes to my mind is where are the fathers? Where are the fathers? What were their homes like? What happened in their families? Were they held to responsibility? Did they have a standard in their family? Did they have an example in their family that says, this is a father, this is how a man should act. This is the character that a man should have. Or was that absent in their families? And most likely you can say, yes, it was. And someone said to me, well... One guy that went riding, his dad was actually with him when he went riding. And my question for him is, well, where was his father? Because if he permitted that, then what did his father permit him to do? But what's happened to our fathers? What's happened? We see broken homes. We see many homes that the mother is resident in the home, but the father's not. And if the father is resident, then he's absent most of the time what's happened is we have have gained impoverished families that have grown up with a structure system that isn't ideal compared to what the Word of God tells us it should be. And so what we have inherited and what we have come into is a cursed family structure. And with a cursed family structure, we've seen all kinds of problems happen. We've seen all kinds of perversions happen in the family. We see all kinds of alcoholism, drug abuse, sexual perversion. We see all these things happening in our family. And many times, no one wants to talk about it in the church, but it's time that we talk about it in the church. The last few weeks, I believe the Lord's been really bringing to the forefront serious issues that's going on. And the reason why he wants to bring them up is so we know in our minds the standard that he has for the church, but for the society. And we know we're going to stay away from those Standards that Satan has brought in that we haven't seen as perverted from the word of God. And then we're going to have a new image to say, I'm no longer accepting that image that Satan is trying to put upon us. Saying the man is the weak, not able-bodied man in the family. He's not respected. The woman is upheld as, <clears throat> as mighty and, and able to uh, shoulder things that she shouldn't have to shoulder. And we've gotten used to that image. But it's not the proper image because the woman has been so overloaded that she can't hold up under the pressure. And so some of the things that she's experiencing and she's wondering why, she doesn't know why. And so thoughts might come to her mind like, what's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Is my body image not right? Because the image is that The man is seeing is doesn't adhere to who I am. And so you have all kinds of weird thoughts going on in the family. And the thing is, they're left silent because Satan wants you to leave them silent. Because one of Satan's greatest weapons is for your mind to be left to him. And if you don't share those things and say, hey, this is what I'm getting then Satan has a foothold in your life and he can make you weak. He can make you uneasy. And so what we have seen that as a weapon against the enemy is to be able to talk some of these things out even though they're taboo, even though they're, <clears throat> we don't want to talk about them, even though we might be embarrassed to talk about them. <clears throat> what happens is we gain power when we bring them out in the open and say, this is what I'm hearing. This is the thoughts I'm getting because I'll tell you, probably a large portion of your thoughts are not yours. But they've been implanted in your mind. And Satan wants you to mold them over. He wants you to take them in. He wants to get you alone with your thoughts. And create all kinds of animosity and problems within the family. But he has put upon us this image that's not right. We see broken homes. We sit we see men failing in their responsibilities. And I'm not picking on men, you you wait, I'm gonna lift up men here in a minute. But what we have seen, we have seen men failing and their spiritual responsibilities. And this is an attack of the enemy against men. We have seen men actually leave the home and they might not leave the home physically, but they leave the home for their work and they have passed off all responsibility for the, on the children to the woman. And that's not the way God intended it to be. We've seen men actually leaving physically the home, but some men that are in the home are absent from the home. And God is going to reinstate the man To be resident in his home to be the priest of his home to stand up and say i'm going to stand for the word of god in my home i'm going to give my children love and mercy but structure that comes from the word of god you see god is reinstituting the family as god intended it to be not as what we think it is not as what we've seen it to be in the past but he's reinstituting according to his word. And guess what happens when we start to put into place the things that God re- uh, instituted in the first place? What we see is we start seeing blessing in the family. We start seeing blessing in the community. Instead of people dying from drug ad- uh, abuse and, and alcoholism and, and uh, uh, battered wives and all these things going on, we start seeing blessing in the community because we have now instituted the idea for the family that God had from the beginning. We start following the thing God has told us to follow when we see blessing come from it. You, know, I think sometimes we wonder, well, Lord, why is this cursed and why is this blessed? Why do I keep failing, Lord? And why do I do okay sometimes? And we make it a big mystery, like, oh, I'm just having a hard time. Satan's just attacking me and he does do that. Uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I just, I'm, I, I just, I'm bad at this, or I'm bad at that, and I just keep. But it's no mystery. Satan wants you to think it's a mystery. But it's as simple as this: if I follow the Word of God, I'm blessed. If I fail to follow the Word of God, I, I get cursed. Not because God hates me, but because God wants me in line with His Word, because He wants to establish His idea for the family. And he wants to bless you. Do you know that God intends to establish you as a foundation in your community, wherever that may be? But he wants to establish you in your community. So when that light shines, the light's going to point to you saying, This is my representative on earth. They are following my commandment. And look at the blessing that's following wherever they go. Because people will stop and they'll look and they'll say, what is going on with them why is everything that they put their hand to being blessed and you'll get people that envy you you'll get people that are jealous you'll get all kinds of reactions but what cannot be denied is the fact that you stand on the lord jesus christ and that's the intention god wants to show his blessing through you on you and in the example of the family structure as he intended it to be. In Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, it says this. And this is Malachi prophesying about John the Baptist, but he's also pointing to a time past John the Baptist that, that, that hearkens to a time when God's going to make all things new. He's going to make all things different. I'm not talking about the end times, I'm talking about a day before the Lord comes. And it says in Malachi at 4, it says, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. Isn't it an awesome thing when you see a dad so engaged in their children? You know, and they've got their children in their arms and and um, they're, they're throwing their children in the air, maybe. There's, there's a twinkle in the dad's eye. There's a twinkle in the kid's eye. And, and there's just a love that passes between them. I mean, it is something to behold, isn't it? How many times do you see it? How many times do you see it? I don't see it often enough. I really don't. But when I do see it, it it's, it's so different to me that my heart leaps. That something inside me is triggered because it's just so beautiful and so pure, but we don't see enough of it. And so we know the enemy has attacked in that area, but we know that God is going to bring that back to where the heart of the dad is focused on the the children, and the heart of the children is focused on the father. And what he's saying is, I'm going to reinstitute the family as I intended it to be. I'm bringing the spirit of Elijah back to reinstitute what I intended the family to be. And I'm going to bless these families and I'm going to bless these communities. We see it in Second Kings, Jezebel as a person. But then we also understand that Jezebel is a spirit that is in our age, our day and age, in our, our world. When Jesus talks to the churches in, in Revelation, he specifically says to one church, I can't remember which church it is, but he says to one church, he says, you have tolerated that woman Jezebel who teaches, who teaches my, my people to fornication and teaches false doctrine. And there are all kinds of, uh, of perverted things happening in that church. And so we know from the word and we know from experience that a, a resident spirit in this day and age is the spirit of Jezebel. And I don't know if anybody's heard that term but that is something that we have found out to be very true. When I first knew that God was calling me back to this church, and this is probably a long time ago, probably eight years or so, maybe longer. I, 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 I had a day where I um, was praying before the Lord. And I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. I'm just speaking openly and plainly. And, and I, I had such a euphoric feeling, and I don't base anything obviously on euphoria or feelings but this day, I had that feeling, I'm sorry, God is God, and He's going to make you feel that way sometimes. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I can't be crusty and old all the time and just read a word. But sometimes God's going to excite you, you know, He's going to get you excited. And, and this day, He excited me, you know. And, and, and I felt like heaven came down to earth, and I, I went outside and I prayed. And um, I uh, was on my knees outside in, in my yard. And, um, you know, in and out. But uh, <clears throat> the word was too good, she had to get out. Uh, but I, I'm on my knees praying, and, I, and I'm thinking, man, what is this feeling that I'm feeling, God? Because I feel like the heaven's open. I feel like uh, things are on fire. I feel like the world has just changed in an instant, and I feel like I could, I could jump to heaven right now. It was so euphoric and so awesome. But, and I felt the Lord say to me, he goes, all this land I'm bringing back, and I'm going to use this church. And, and, you know, you get all excited and you're thinking, wow, Lord, this is great, you know. And, and, uh, you know, but it's like he did to David, you know. It's like, here, I'm going to anoint you king. But guess what? You're going to go through years of hardship and you're going to be tattered and bloody. And and you're going to almost die 15,000 times. But don't worry uh, because you're going to get there. And so after the Lord gives you a word like that and and gives you a feeling like that, normally the opposite happens. And so this is years ago. And so... That happened and I was so excited. Matter of fact, he had me write something and I still have it on my bookshelf, but I believe it was a prophecy uh, for myself and my family in this church. And it ended up being a, a page and a half and I don't believe in automatic handwriting, but I know he had me write this. And there were many stipulations in that word. And that word was, if you follow me. If you obey my command. If you do what I'm asking you to do then this is what I'm going to do. And I was so excited to hear from the Lord that way. And I still have that prophecy to this day. And one day I'll bring it and I'll, I'll read it to you. But the opposite happened after that. <clears throat> Literally all hell broke loose. Uh, I think we went from maybe eight to ten members to zero. Or maybe one or two. We had two, I think. And, and everything looked the opposite of what the Lord had promised us to, that it was going to look like. And I, I can't tell you how many times I went to the Lord and said, Surely, Lord... We, we, we're supposed to leave now. Surely you have released us from this thing that you told us to do. But I'll tell you, the Lord's going to speak to you. He's going to give you a word, but it's going to look the opposite. He wants to see if you're going to be faithful. He wants, gonna, he's gonna, he wants to see if you're going to trust Him through all the darkest days. But yeah, that word came, and then after that word was given, literally every force in hell fought against me, fought against my family. I couldn't tell you the horrors that we went through. I, I questioned who I was many days. I questioned what my purpose was. I questioned my salvation some days because it felt that dark. And after we went through a time of this, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, what is this that's come at me? Am I just a wretch? Am I just down and out so much, Lord, that you cast me away? Is that what this is all about? You're just showing me? that I'm destined to some other future than what you've promised. And surely that was my thoughts many days. One day I was, and I've told this story to some people, one day I was groveling and I I probably was up till three, four in the morning. As a matter of fact, I I I didn't sleep at all. I never did go to bed. But I was groveling with the fact of my own uh, inconsistencies. I was groveling with the fact of my own sin and the fact that I just couldn't get over them. Well, Lord, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And so I I wrestled all night with God. This is during this whole process. And I searched scriptures. And, you know, it's one of those nights when you just can't find a scripture, you know. And and so you just open up your Bible and you're like, you know, and you do the whole Judas hung himself. And you're like, whoa, hey. And you go to another one. You're like, okay, well, let me try again. Go and do likewise. And And you just can't get a word, you know. And it's the wrong word every time you try to get one. And so it was one of those nights and I, so I'd had it with the word. I'm like, I'm done with the word, Lord. And, and I, I, I'm, I guess I'm done totally, you know. And, and I, I it was so bad, folks, that I was getting ready to leave my family. I was getting ready to walk out. And, and it, truly, we had come to those conversations where I decided to leave. And I said, and the, the reason why I decided to leave because I, I understood that I wasn't good enough. <laughs> that I couldn't live up to what everyone wanted me to be. That I truly had some flaws that... Were, were, in my mind, showstoppers. And so as I'm wrestling with the Lord, and this is like four or five in the morning, I got so sick of the Word, I finally, I took the Bible, it was my wife's Bible that her grandmother gave her, and I flung the Bible on the couch, and I said, I'm done, I'm done. And this little card came flying out. And, and let me just tell you, this, don't go home and throw your Bible and think a card to fly. This is this was, this was just one event, okay? But anyway, I threw the Bible, and this card comes flying out, and it comes to my feet. It was back to, and I, what is this? I picked it up, and this is what it said. And this is all I needed. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And what the Lord highlighted to me at that moment was the fact that you never will be good enough. You never will be okay. You'll never live up to a standard that you're trying to live. But with my grace, all things are possible and you are sufficient in my sight. And I realized I'm not going to do it in myself. We're never going to add up. And that's why we need God's grace every single day. Because with God's grace, we can add up. But I realized there was something going on at work here that was bigger than who I was. And I was taking the battle on my own, but I realized, and we have come to know that it was the spirit of Jezebel that was attacking the church. And this spirit wants to destroy the man and he wants access to the woman. Men, your women need your protection. Your women need your spiritual covering that the, the, this spirit will attack you so it can get to your wife and children. It will try to destabilize you and your identity so it can cast you down and attack your family. It's just the way it works. And this thing was attacking me so hard. And I thought, man, I, I called every pastor that I knew. And I, 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 I'd say, hey guys, this is what I'm getting. And my mind is going crazy. I'm getting all these weird thoughts. And, and you know what I got? You need to call a, call a psychiatrist, and I'm like, wait a minute. You go to the church for help, and they send you to a worldly psychologist. I'm like, well, something is not right here, you know. But nobody had the answer, and we won't have the answer if we don't get on our knees and pray. Amen. You're not going to get the answer. And everyone goes to Google now, and it's funny because I was going to Google back then. I'm like, okay, Lord. What do I need to do to get over what's happening in my mind? Now, don't do that because there's some weird results that come up. Uh, but Google ain't going to help you. But, you know, we turn to those things, don't we? Who Googles? You know, if you've got an ailment, you Google. Everyone's had cancer in here 14 different times. Or you've had some other ailment because you Googled it. And, and uh, Don't Google. But get on your knees. And go to the Lord, so many times we have missed the Lord's voice and what He's telling us specifically, because we have ingrained in ourselves a pattern that we think if we adhere to the pattern, then we're going to have the answer. God don't work like that. You know, when he, when he called Moses to go into Egypt and to lead the Israelites out, there was no pattern for Moses to say, "Well Lord, you did it like that for him, so you're going to do it for me the same way." Nobody had ever seen an exodus from the Egyptian people ever. It was new. And so when God leads you to something, it's going to be something specific. And it's going to be something that you're never going to find the answer for unless you yourself get on your knees and ask the Lord, what do I do in this situation? Because you're not going to know. And there are forces out there that are bigger than you and I. They are stronger than you and I. They are more wise than you and I. They are smarter than you and I. And you can't overcome them with wit. You can't overcome them with intellect. See, I used to think I could think my way out of things. I used to think that I could learn my way out of things. And learning is great. But learning will not get you out of a situation that requires godly wisdom. Ever. You see, you've got to petition the Lord. You've got to seek the Lord. You've got to get the mind of Christ. And then He'll tell you what you need to do. He'll tell you the situation that you're in. He'll tell you the forces that are coming against you. But without seeking Him you might as well hang up the boxing gloves, put away all the physical weapons, dig a hole, and go jump in it. Because we will only have victory when we seek him ourselves, only. But he has enabled the victory if we'll do that. He has assured us of victory if we would do that, but I think that tends to become the hardest part, is just seeking him and waiting on him. We see all kinds of things going on in our, our, our society. And um, I'm just going to shut this because for some reason, I have this image of somebody coming through here. And, and, I don't know. Never mind. But, um, <coughs> just um I'll work on that later. Um, but we have this image of our society. And, and I think sometimes we want to bury our heads in the sand and say that none of this stuff happens. But it is happening all around us because there's an attack on you and I, and there's an attack on this godly family. you Men, you have been established to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I think sometimes we have reinterpreted that to mean uh, I'm to be strong in my might and my power. And so when we find ourselves failing, we feel like we failed ourselves and our family. And so we, we keep quiet because we don't want to re-say that. We don't want to reinterpret that anyway. We, we're scared. And, and a lot of ladies, I, I'll just give you a hint. And uh, man, I'm sorry. I'm giving our secrets away. But um, your husband's scared. Your husband's scared. There's fear in your husband. Because he fears he's going to fail. He fears he's going to fail you. He fears he's going to fail his family. He fears he's going to fail by losing his job. He fears he's not going to be able to have enough money to, to support you. So those fears, the enemy plays upon. But many times your man will never say that. He'll never talk about that. Because if he did, it would mean he's weak. And we've always been told, men, that we're supposed to be strong. That we're supposed to be the strong one. But many times we battle fear constantly. And if men would agree with me, I'd ask them to shake their heads, but they probably won't do that today. But anyway, there's our secret. But it's the truth. But what we have been told as men is that we're supposed to be strong. But what we've missed is the Lord said, You are not strong. And Paul told us in my. That, that, Through the Lord, He said that, uh, in, in, in what is it? My strength is made perfect in weakness. So, what we have to do as men is come to a place where we understand that we are weak. That we're not to be macho, we're to be masculine. But macho is really a code word for weak and misunderstood. We're to be masculine, but we're to understand our weakness and that God is our strength. And he's placed us in this position that's a spiritual position. It's a spiritual position that requires prayer. It requires petition. It requires seeking God every minute of every day to understand the spiritual attacks that are coming at you. We see in the spirit of Jezebel, and I'm gonna end it just here in a minute. We see in the spirit of Jezebel, when Jehu comes to take out Jezebel, because you gotta understand Jezebel was a wicked ruler. She usurped authority of her, her husband Ahab, and, and you've got to understand Ahab, too. He, he allowed her to usurp authority, so he definitely wasn't an innocent party. But she usurps his authority. She goes and she murders. She connives. She's jealous. She, she concocts things. Uh, and so we understand the spirit here, the spirit of Jezebel, based upon who Jezebel, the physical person, was. But here's Jehu who got tired of the mask of of Jezebel. They got tired of this structure of Jezebel in Israel. And he decides, I'm going to rise up against that mask. I'm going to rise up against this spirit. And I'm going to take my authority as a man. And I'm going to slay Jezebel. And so he takes his authority. He rides in on a chariot. And every one of the the watchmen that are waiting, that are guarding Israel, they say, they know who it is. Jehu, are you for peace? And he said, what do you have to do with peace? Get in line with me and let's go attack. And they they do it. He comes to the next watchman. What do you have to do? They go, is it peace, Jehu? What do you have to do with peace? Get in line and let's go attack. And they get in line. You see, every male had been demasculated. And so they didn't know enough to stand up and say, I'm going to fight this thing. And I'm going to take over and get rid of the Jezebel spirit. I'm going to reestablish the family. But Jehu had the gumption to do it. So he attacked. And so he's running towards Jezebel. He's running towards the, the tower of Jezebel. And Look what Jezebel does. In verse 30 it says, she painted her face and she tired her head and looked out of the window. You know, there's some women and they, they are controlled by the spirit and we men run into it all the time and, and don't worry ladies it works the other way too uh, there's spirits of men that do some things but you ever see a woman when she's around a man and she all of a sudden has her face painted and she's got to try to control with how she looks and and how she moves and how she tilts her head (laughs) you know that stuff and you're like what are you you doing you know but the intention and the spirit controls it is is they want to control men that's that's how it works and believe me there's other things in men that try to control too but uh, the woman the spirit can move through them to try to control men And, and the intention of it isn't to get uh, the man isn't to get him away from his wife or anything like that, but the intention is to control him so she can manipulate and use him for something else. And so Jezebel had been doing this, but she sees Jehu coming and she knows that, you know, hey, I'm, my life's on the line. But Jehu refuses to listen to the witchcraft that's come from Jezebel. And so he yells up at the tower, and he says, he, all around Jezebel there are eunuchs, and does anybody know what a eunuch is? A eunuch is a man that's been castrated. And Jezebel places around herself all these men that have been castrated. They no longer have the maleness and the masculinity. And she can control them. And they're all around her. And Jehu comes, or yells up and he says, Who, who's going to be on my side, basically? And all the eunuchs look at her and, and, and they look back at Jehu. And Jehu says, throw her down. Now's the time. Be done with this thing. And so they throw Jezebel out the tower. She splatters on the ground everywhere. And this is how we have to deal with this spirit. You know, sometimes the church is, just be nice. Be good. You can't be nice to a spirit. You can't do it. You can't reason with the spirit. You just have to proclaim the word of God to a spirit. And so this spirit is in operation. And the first thing that we have to do, the only thing that we can do, is to throw this spirit down to murder it and destroy it, and to say we're no longer going to stand for Satan's structure of our families. That we're going to take our rightful place as men in our families. That we're going to cover our families in prayer and petition and following the Lord. And we're going to believe that the Lord is going to direct us every step of the way to have victory in our families. And I know some of your families are struggling. And I know this. Not personally, I just know that's the way it works. I know some of your families are struggling. I know we we miss some men in the church. And, and I yearn every time we, we lose men in the church. Because it's so important to have men in the church. Spiritually, it's important. It's, it's more important than they know that it's important. And I think if they knew the ramifications of it. Spiritually, they would probably change their mind and say, I've got to be here every minute of every day. But Satan wants to disable that. And so families are hurting all over the place. But we have to get in a stance that says, I'm going to fight against this thing that the enemy's tried to bring upon us, to bring upon our families. And I'm going to stand in the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah is going to bring back the family structure, but I'm going to stand in the spirit of Jehu that says, I'm taking a war stance, against this Jezebel spirit. I'm not gonna participate in it. I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm not gonna be controlled and manipulated by it. But I'm gonna stand in the word of God and do the opposite of what it's telling me to do. And this spirit is so strong. It is strong. And we've seen the outworkings of it and different things that happen in our families, and I'm not gonna go into all that, but I'll expound on this in another sermon. But we see different spirits operating, we see them operating in people that we come in contact with. We see divination in people. People Witchcraft is getting very strong nowadays, very strong. You know, I, I work at the ice cream, we work at over the dip, and we wait on all kinds of different people. And we have witches come to the door, or they come to the window, they're into full witchcraft, they're doing, uh, they're doing seances. They're, doing, they're contacting the dead. They're doing uh, rituals. They're doing all kinds of things that are happening in our society and they're deceiving people and sending them to hell. It's just what's happening. And this spirit is in operation through that because Jezebel is the epitome of witchcraft. But we see this coming against our family. We see it coming against the church. We see it coming against the church and the community. But it's a spirit that's operating through them. And what we need... In this day, men rising up, taking their authority in Christ, saying, I'm going to stand against the Spirit. I'm going to fight in warfare against the Spirit for my sake, for my family's sake, for my wife's sake, for her mental uh, stamina, for the weight that she bears. And I'm going to take my rightful place before God. And I'm going to receive the anointing that God has given to me as a man in my home. And I'm going to see blessing come upon my family. I'm going to see blessing come upon my, my community. I'm going to see blessing come upon my children. Because that's what happens when we fight the enemy, when we fight Jezebel. Jesus promised this in Revelation when he says to the church, you, um, you tolerate that woman Jezebel. In another place, he mentions the Jezebel spirit and he says, he who overcomes, I'll give authority to rule nations. And so when we go through the fight, when we decide that we're going to fight this thing, when we decide we're going to stand against it and all that it means, what we get from that is we get an authority. We get a strength that's in Christ, it's not in you. We get the ability to rule nations. And when we rule nations, we rule nations according to the word of God and, and mercy and judgment and, and truth and peace. And we see that peace sweeping in our families. You see... All the stress and all the anxieties melt away because the structure of the Lord has been maintained and upheld within your family. You see blessing, and we're not in it for blessing's sake, but we're in it for the ordinance of God. We're in it for the structure of God. So today, women, I want you to do something for me as the day goes on. I want you to bless your husband. I want you to uphold your husband. I want you to concentrate on all the strengths your husband has. I want you to take time and just tell them how glad you are that they follow the word. I want you to tell them how glad you are that they come to church. I want you to tell them how glad you are that they pray and seek the Lord. I want you to uphold them today. And men, I want you to do me a favor today. I want you to take your wife aside and I want you to tell her that you intend to cover her, to protect her, to fight for her and that you're always going to be there. I want you to give her every security to let her know that you're in this fight to the end and that you're standing for Jesus Christ. we're going to start taking back our families. We're going to start fighting against the enemy. And we're going to start seeing the blessing of God sweep over our church and our community. It starts with us. And we're going to fight this spirit. Let's all stand. You pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. Father, I thank you that You walk with us individually. And Lord, you've got so much to tell us. You've got so much to reveal to us. Father, you've raised us up. And Lord, we literally were nothing. And Father, we literally feel like nothing. But Lord, even the enemy knows what you've made us to be. You've made us strong from the Lord you made us to be mighty warriors for you Lord come against every force of hell Lord you promised to give us the wisdom we need the tactics we need, the battle plan to fight the fight Lord not to bury our heads in the sand, not to ignore the war that's going on Lord but to take note of the war that's going on to stand up in your word and in your spirit To overcome every force in hell that has affected our families, affected our manhood, it's affected our confidence. And Lord, we're going to stand bold for you on behalf of our families. We're going to stand bold on your word, Lord, in those darkest times when we feel like we're going to give in to every sin that seems to be around us. We're going to stand firm. And Lord, we know that you're going to hold us and keep us and equip us. Father, I pray for every father, every son, every man. Lord, I pray for them to know their identity in you. Father, for them to know that they are the pinnacle of Satan's attack. And Lord, every unsure feeling they've had, every thought of doubt skepticism Lord let them know that that's not from you but that's from the enemy let them know that that's not their own thoughts Lord but that's the enemy planting thoughts in their mind but I pray that they would be lifted up strengthened not in pride but Lord only in you equip us Show us, give us wisdom. Father, I ask you to bless them today. Bless these families as they go home. Bless their time together today. Lord, we love them. We love you, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.